Could our time be running out to buy cheap Bitcoin? Has the arrival of BlackRock truly changed things? Well, I want to talk with you about that in this live stream today with you. Also, is this time different for Bitcoin? Well, I've got some interesting charts to show you that say, well, it's kind of different, but it's also kind of the same. Also, some really big breaking news that Russia and the BRICS group more broadly is going to be making a big challenge to the U.S. dollar. So make sure to stick around to get all of the goods today. Also, stick around at the end of the stream. I will be trying to answer some of your questions. So do stick around for that as well. The big story right now is that is time running out to buy cheap Bitcoin? Has BlackRock truly changed the game? Maybe. Maybe. Certainly we're at an interesting point in this cycle here. BlackRock ETF stirs up U.S. Bitcoin buying as research says to get off zero. Well, chances are if you are here and listening to this, you are not on zero, but a lot of your friends and family will be. And it might be hard to change that during a bear market situation start of a new bull market, we can say. But it's the time in a new cycle where people still doubt. No one's really excited. Things are still pretty quiet overall, right? Sadly, most people only come back and buy Bitcoin at the new all-time high. I don't make the rules, guys. It's just how it works. It is just how it works. But here's the simple truth. According to me, these prices will not last for Bitcoin. The window to get a whole coin for most people, if we're being honest, has already passed, right? Bitcoins are $30,000 today. Not a lot of people have 30K just sitting around to buy a Bitcoin with. Even if you've been stacking for a couple of years working a regular job, you might not still have a Bitcoin, but you could be close. You could be close. I hope you're close if that's you. For everyone else out there, people with perhaps a bit more means, well, the time's running out for you too, because once Bitcoin is worth $100,000, $200,000 a coin, the people who can buy an entire single Bitcoin can be a very small, small group of people. You know, in 18 months time when Bitcoin's trading at a new all time high, your friends and family are even calling you up and say, gosh, you're so lucky. I wish that I had bought under $30,000. They could have, they could have, but they didn't call you when Bitcoin was under $30,000, did they? No, no, the phone calls come in, the DMs on Facebook from your uncle come in when Bitcoin is worth $150,000, $180,000. The media is talking about it, the late night talk shows are talking about it, and all that kind of stuff. Time is running out for cheap Bitcoin, though. I do believe this. Now, how much time that's going to be? Do we have another six months? Maybe another year, perhaps, right? The Bitcoin having is a little less than a year away at this point. Historically, you've seen prices really take off after the Bitcoin having. Again, I'd love to be completely surprised and see a new all-time high this year. I know some uh, analysts are calling for that. We shall see. We shall see if history uh, gets changed a bit, right? I like this um, sentiment here from this guy, British Hoddle, by the way. He said, my dad could have missed buying 10 properties and I could have grown up and still uh, bought 10 properties. Maybe not the same location, but same type, same type, et cetera, but still to buy 10 properties, right? And yeah, the price of property to go up. But he says, if I miss only one Bitcoin, my unborn children will never be able to buy one Bitcoin. That's the urgency. It's an interesting thought, right? At some point, the price of one Bitcoin will become so astronomical 
that it'll be almost impossible for the average human to be able to buy Bitcoin. You'll still be able to get loans to buy houses and all that fun kind of stuff and play that game, but you're probably not going to be able to get loans to be able to buy a Bitcoin. Maybe someone somewhere will get that, but you're not going to get Bitcoin mortgages, right? There you go. So pretty interesting thought process, right? We are definitely in that period of time. Also, this I thought was pretty interesting. We'll go ahead and play the little video in the background. 92.5% of all the Bitcoin has officially been mined. There's only 7.5% left to be mined. And you have to understand where we are in that process, right? We have to understand where we are in that process because we are seeing a situation where only 7.5% of the Bitcoin is left to be mined, and yet we don't have a BlackRock Bitcoin ETF. We don't have a Valkyrie Bitcoin ETF. We don't have an ARK Bitcoin ETF. In fact, it's not a single Bitcoin ETF in the United States markets right now. Hong Kong is just starting to open up, just starting to open up, which is, of course, opening up the entire mainland of China. Because remember, what's happening in Hong Kong is happening with Beijing's approval. It's not happening in a vacuum. So in that situation where there's less or only a little over 2 million Bitcoin currently sitting on exchanges, right? Only 7.5% of the total supply left to be mined. Most of that will be mined in the next uh, 15 years, after which point we'll have 0.5% of the total supply left to be mined over 100 years. We, again, are talking about a very interesting time with demand rising from uh, companies, state-level actors, financial institutions, regular people. I shared this data with you last week that just regular investors, you know, the shrimps, as they call them, the fishes, the little, the little guys, right? The people who have less than one Bitcoin. The demand from those players, the buying demand from those small wallet addresses is more than triple outstripping the daily supply being created by miners. Currently, less than one year from now, we are going to have the Bitcoin halving. Even if that demand from very small buyers stayed the same, we would be in a situation where they would be outstripping the daily demand by six times. And that's without BlackRock. That's without MicroStrategy. That's without countries and central banks and international transactions from countries like Russia and all this kind of stuff. Fascinating times, right? Again, I feel like time is running out to get those cheap, cheap coins, right? Uh, this here is a chart shared from the uh, Binance uh, Monthly Crypto Research Report. BTC and ETH outperformed as the institutions are coming. Narrative gained traction following BlackRock's surprising filing for U.S. spot Bitcoin ETF. Additionally, other significant entities such as Fidelity, Wisdentree, and Vesco Vanek also filed for that Bitcoin ETF. We are seeing that Bitcoin season starting to heat up, right? Where a lot of altcoins have been suffering, particularly because of the SEC actions, basically arguing in their suits against different players that... A lot of these things are securities. We'll see, of course, how this all plays out in the course. One thing that is not a security and has been pretty clearly deemed not to be by the SEC, of course, is Bitcoin. So we see all the funds, money flow into Bitcoin. We see U.S. capital flow into Bitcoin. And we can see a very strong Bitcoin season really taking off. And to kind of add more fuel to the narrative of a big season coming again when that happens exactly when we see new all-time high prices likely next year we could get surprised and have it happen sooner but we are seeing things like the inflation coming down right we have seen some pretty strong 
moves into deflation. Inflation pretty steadily coming down for a while now. Uh, U.S. CPI for June is due on Wednesday this week. Headline is expected to fall to 3.2% year on year, which make it for the lowest print since March 2021. So the inflation problem is getting solved as well. All of these different things are starting to really happen where we're seeing a lot of the concerns that people have had for a very long time now, economically, starting to subside at least a little bit, which is very exciting. Now, before we get into some other interesting ideas here, I did want to let you know about my weekly newsletter. So this is called Wealth Mastery. Look, it's a crypto investor news report, right? So if you are a cryptocurrency investor, you want to know the latest news happening in the cryptocurrency industry, you want to know about what's happening with altcoins, NFTs, DeFi, right? The hottest, latest airdrops. We covered an airdrop recently um, that made about six to eight thousand dollars for some people. Huge, huge potential stuff here, right? People are missing these opportunities. We're sharing all this information with you every single week. And you can sign up for free by using the link down below in the description. So check it out. Now, I like this one here from Lex Moskovsky. He says, post BlackRock Forbes, because it's just, it's so funny how corrupt the media is, how much they are beholden to corporate powers, to corporate entities like BlackRock, who, again, owns everything. They control the world, right? This is not hyperbole. They sit on, basically have controlling shares or enough shares in almost every major company to be able to get whatever they want, whenever they want. So here we go. Look at this. New Forbes headlines. Everything you need to know about Bitcoin and the environment. This is a testament to the industry's commitment to sustainability and its potential role in the Green Revolution. How Bitcoin helps civilians escape the war in Sudan. Wow. Bitcoin's network to reduce more emissions than its energy sources produce. Terrorists, North Korea, and other illicit actors move beyond Bitcoin. I cannot, I mean, I can't believe it because this is how it works. You guys know this is how it works, don't you? These headlines are shocking. And those are all within like 24 hours of each other. All of these new headlines coming through about how Bitcoin's great for the environment and Bitcoin's helping refugees and Bitcoin's curing cancer and saving puppies from burning buildings and all this kind of stuff. It's pretty incredible, isn't it? This is the power of the financial institutions that are now coming into Bitcoin. It's the power of BlackRock and players like them. When they want to see a narrative shift, they shift the narrative. They create the narrative. They are the narrative. They are a very, very powerful player. And the fact that they're getting into Bitcoin, that they're starting to push these kinds of articles through their media machine. It's massive. Massive, massive, massive implications here for, of course, the long-term price of Bitcoin. And as I've said many, many a time, BlackRock's not our friend. They're not here for us. They're here for their own game. We should not trust them. However, fringe benefit, they are going to pump our bags to high heavens because they're going to get everybody up on board in here buying up that Bitcoin. Also, JP Morgan saying that a Bitcoin ETF approval is unlikely to be a game changer. I want to interpret that for you. Basically, what JP Morgan is saying here is, hey, guys, don't go out and buy up all the cheap Bitcoin. We are still stuffing our fat, fat little bags full of as much Bitcoin as we can possibly get for us and our rich clients. 
that is the interpretation here, the translation for you of what JP Morgan is actually saying. Because as we know, a Bitcoin ETF is going to be a game changer. That's why BlackRock is getting into it. That's why BlackRock is starting to push these kinds of news stories into the media because they know exactly what's going on. And so does JP Morgan. You cannot trust either of these organizations. These are two of the most satanic and nefarious financial institutions in the world. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> One final thought on this topic here. As from Rectimedes, at the risk of sounding overly bullish in a few years, even a tiny chunk of passive 401k, et cetera, inflows are going to be auto buying spot Bitcoin and spot ETH ETFs each month. We don't have Ethereum ETFs, but they're going to come. They're going to come. We may look back on these uh, pre-approval days and regret not having seized the bag harder. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps that time is running out, right? And the reality is we will have a new cycle. We have new insane prices and we'll have a new bear market after that. And we'll have a new cycle after that with even crazier prices. The price of Bitcoin will just keep going up over time as more and more money starts flowing into it, as more money flows into it and gets locked away. You got to keep in mind that right now, 70% of Bitcoin is in the hands of psychopaths, crazy people. You might be one of them. People who are not selling their Bitcoin to BlackRock for 30K. People who are not selling their Bitcoin to JP Morgan's customers for 30K. Right? Long-term holders. 70% of the supply of Bitcoin has not moved in over a year on-chain. That is crazy, crazy stuff when you actually understand it. And then we're going to have all these big funds coming for it. And when that Bitcoin starts getting locked up under these ETFs, people are going to be holding this stuff for 10 years time, 20 years time, holding it until retirement. That's going to lock up a lot of supply and there's not a lot of supply left to go around. Long story short. Now let's have a conversation here about the price of Bitcoin today. Let's take a dive into, is this time different? What are some charts that we can look at that are showing that actually this time is different, but also this time is kind of the same because it's always kind of the same in markets because one variable never seems to change in markets and that's you and me, us humans, right? We are the variable that kind of acts the same all the time in markets. Oh, we'll have ETF approvals and we'll have all kinds of other stuff happening, but we always react the same. Anyway, let's take a look at this chart right here. A few interesting things here I want to draw your attention to. In particular, this right here. We now have 59 weeks where the price of Bitcoin has been trading either just around $30,000, maybe just a little bit above $30,000 or largely, for the most part, under $30,000. In fact, at one point we got down to what, 16 grand or something, spent a pretty decent amount of time trading under $20,000. Felt good stacking sats back then, by the way. Let me know down below in the comment section if you did stack some sats under 20K in the last, was it six, seven months or whatever, when the price was down there? Felt good to do it. I hope you did as well. But it's pretty crazy to see that we've had this giant accumulation period. And when those phone calls come in at 150, 180K and people say that, oh, you're so lucky. No, it actually took some balls to buy Bitcoin under 30K. Now, look, the longer you've been in the market, the less of a uh, psychological barrier it is to doing that. That being said still required a bit of mental fortitude to come in and buy Bitcoin when everybody was screaming that the sky was falling. Also, one thing I want to point out here for you 
is that we just had this beautiful retest. So this is on the uh, weekly charts here. We had this beautiful retest just a few weeks ago of the 200-week exponential moving average and of the 50-week exponential moving average, the actual candle body closed just above the 50-week EMA, which is a pretty good breakout and retest move, actually, which is technically bullish. And of course, then we got the BlackRock ETF news, which sent the price of Bitcoin absolutely raging higher. So pretty interesting to see the charts playing out a bit like that. This next chart I want to discuss with you is the Bitcoin available supply as percentage of total supply uh, on exchanges, right? So what's interesting, available supply for trade, we are really entering into a new time here. We're entering into a new time because no previous cycle has seen a continual downward trend in the amount of Bitcoin sitting on exchanges. And that makes things different this time, right? We now have less of the total daily supply coming in due to the previous Bitcoin having, right? In the last cycle, we had 1,800 Bitcoin a day coming into the market. Now we just have 900. From March or April next year, it's going to be 450 a day. So it means even less Bitcoin is going to be sent to exchanges by miners to be sold. And yet demand keeps increasing, meaning the total supply keeps going down. And this is before any U.S. Bitcoin ETFs once again, right? So we're also heading towards a supply shock. Now that supply shock narrative that I see forming up, and I think will continue to form up, especially as we run into the next major bull cycle, is different. That is something that is different this time. Now it's not something that is completely new or novel in markets, mind you, right? We've seen these ideas play out with other resources in the past. However, with Bitcoin, it's such a stark reality because you know there's only going to be 21 million coins ever, ever. And the amount of those on exchanges is falling all the time. The amount in the hands of long-term holders going up all the time, et cetera, et cetera. So it's very interesting to consider, right? Also a nice chart to share with, here, with you here from CryptoCon. Previously, I would have said the Bitcoin could only see bull run parabola after the halving, but data keeps telling me something different. Data keeps saying to this analyst anyway, that this time is different. And I think whether it's this cycle or next cycle, we will see the Bitcoin halving cycle eventually be broken because the simple reality of the Bitcoin halving cycle is that it's just not going to matter at some point. We're already seeing right now the exchange, the amount of Bitcoin exchanges dropping precipitously since the previous halving. We are seeing tiny holders, again, outstripping the demand for Bitcoin, right? So at some point, the demand is going to be so much higher than miners can produce and it just won't have that much of a difference when we have a new Bitcoin having and we go down from 450 Bitcoin a day to 225 Bitcoin a day, two havings from now. It'll be such a small amount of Bitcoin that the market may not even take that much notice of it. We might start just going even closer with the S&P 500 and Chinese credit market cycles and all that kind of stuff, right? Anyway, he says the same trigger for every bull run parabola has flashed a double retest of the golden 1.09 Mayer multiple line. So we can see that this has happened 
right back through history for Bitcoin. Back in 2012, we saw it back in 2014. We saw it back in 2016. Now, 2019, we didn't see a double test, right? So it was a failed uh, breakout of it, right? Then back in 2020, we saw, again, that double test for the mayor line. And we are potentially getting that again right now. We've had two tests. Will this time be different for this chart? Or is this a precursor, a uh, canary in the coal mine, letting us know that we are getting ready for another big move in the market, potentially, of course, off the back of a Bitcoin ETF approval? Now, before we get into the next big charts here, if you are a trader, you got yourself an account over on Bybit. It's the best place for trading crypto. They got a great futures market, super hot spot altcoin markets as well. Very popular copy trading. And if you use the link down below in the description to start your account, you can get up to $30,000 in trading and deposit bonuses, as well as exclusive fee discounts. So if you are a trader, go ahead and check that out now. Here's a few other charts to share with you. Really just, I think, really drive home the point here of how crazy this is. This is from Bitcoin Magazine. Bitcoin addresses sending to exchanges have plunged the largest decline in history. So again, let's just take stock here, right? We're seeing huge surge in demand. We're seeing Bitcoin long-term holders not sending their coins in. And right here, this is very interesting. There's this massive plunge, like the fear I, we are seeing potentially subsiding to some extent anyway, right? Because once we saw this big recent surge up, the amount of Bitcoin going to exchanges plunged. That means people looked at that and went, oh, crap, I got to stop selling my Bitcoin for cheap here and hold on to it because big things are afoot in the cryptocurrency industry. Big things are afoot for Bitcoin right now. So people are not sending the Bitcoin into exchanges. So who is BlackRock going to buy all that Bitcoin from? Makes a very interesting case, doesn't it? That we're going to have to see prices probably go a lot higher to tempt out some of these long-term holders, to tempt out some of these shorter-term holders who could have accumulated over the last six months, for example, and even to tempt out some of the miners and other players. Also, interesting chart here from Glassnode. So this is the Bitcoin spot price, which recently found strong support at the adjusted realized price residing at $25,500. Now, this pricing level remains a key area of interest with a decisive break below back in June 2022, inaugurating a deep and brutal and savage gold. Gold was so cold. That bear market, man, not fun times at all. Anyway, recent break above has stimulated return to favorable price action. So pretty interesting. So many different charts supporting the thesis that we are getting ready for a new major market cycle. And we're at that stage right now in the market cycle where it doesn't feel like we're getting ready for a new major market cycle, right? Still a lot of PTSD. I know I suffer from it too, but it does. We've been in the market. It's hard not to. We also see just, you know, so much back and forth, regulatory fear, but then, hey, you know, we got BlackRock coming and all this other stuff. So there's a lot of mixed signals right now in the market. But this is kind of how it usually feels at the start of a cycle when things are not certain yet. And people want to invest in certainty. But let me just tell you this. The biggest gains in investing come from putting your money into something when it doesn't feel like a certain bet. Because when it does feel like a certain bet, when it does feel like this is going to be the thing that I make everything on and it's going to be all in, right? 
because the media is telling me, my uncle's telling me, and my Uber driver told me, you know, no hate on Uber drivers, of course, love my Uber drivers. But, but when it feels comfortable is actually the riskiest time to be investing, right? And when it feels like you want to throw up when you click the buy button, that's usually the best time to be investing. It's quite weird, isn't it? Yeah. Investing, man, it's some crazy, crazy stuff without a doubt. Now I want to talk with you about what Bricks is doing. This news changes everything. This news is so big and so crazy that it could redefine the world order. And there's many people who try and dismiss it and say, well, it's not that big of a deal. It's not going to work, et cetera, et cetera. But what's happening is big. What's happening is very, very big on the international scene. And ignoring it, I think, is something you do at your own peril as an investor, as a human existing in the modern world, because this could be the biggest challenge to the U.S.-led and U.S. dollar-dominated world order that we've seen in a very, very long time. So this is from Russia. Russia confirming that BRICS will create a gold-backed currency. Now, this is potentially a move internationally to a gold standard for currencies. You got to remember all the currency out there right now, it's paper garbage. It's paper garbage. U.S. dollars, paper garbage. Euros, paper garbage. The yen's paper garbage. The rubles, paper garbage. The yuan's paper garbage. It's all garbage. It's all junk. It's all just paper. Paper. <laughs> Hopes and dreams, baby. But Russia and the BRICS group more broadly... You know, that's Brazil, that's India, that's China, that's South Africa, and others. We'll get to that in a second. But what they're proposing here is bringing back the gold standard to currencies, bringing back a fairer monetary system. Obviously, I wish they were using Bitcoin, don't we? Yes, of course, we want them to use Bitcoin, but they're not using Bitcoin, using gold, right? Gold's the old way of doing things, but they're trying to make it the new way of doing things and try and bring some kind of sanity back to monetary policy globally. Now, you cannot like the people doing this, but you, you can certainly, I think, would be uh, misguided to not recognize this as a very important announcement, because I think it is a very important announcement, of course, potentially very big if it gets passed for gold investors, silver investors as well will likely benefit from this. So this is definitely some very big news that we start seeing gold being used between the BRICS nations to settle international transactions or gold being demanded by the BRICS nations. So when... France or Canada or the United States or Australia, when they want to buy something from China or Russia or someone else, they're going to say, yeah, yeah, cool. Pay us in gold. That changes everything. That changes everything real fast and creates a giant wealth transfer from the West to the East of the funny money into real money. And of course, Bank of America coming out almost comically and saying, we're going to downgrade gold and silver prices 2023. That's not going to be important. Of course, we're going to see all of the stops being pulled out here. We're going to see JP Morgan fight against this. We're going to see the U.S. government fighting back against this because the last thing they want to do is to see a gold standard come back because it will show that the emperor is wearing no clothes. And the emperor in this case, of course, is the U.S dollar. BRICS countries currently represent 41% of global populations from Bitcoin news. If they were to expand their coalition by including the following 40 countries that have applied for membership. Yes, there's 40 countries that currently want to join the BRICS group. That would represent 57% of the global population. And this is everything from Algeria, Argentina, Bahrain, Bangladesh, Belarus, Egypt, Indonesia, Iran, Kazakhstan, Mexico, Nicaragua, Nigeria, Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, Senegal, Sudan, Syria, the UAE, Thailand, Tunisia, Turkey, Uruguay, Venezuela, and Zimbabwe, amongst others. 
there's a lot of countries ready to join. And these many of these countries are ma massive uh, natural resource producers. They produce giant amounts of food, giant amounts of energy, metals, timber, basically everything that the world needs to run, they make and export largely. And they're going to start demanding gold for it if the BRICS currency does go forward, of course. Uh, Alistair McLeod says, yesterday we had confirmed the most important monetary development since the Bretton Woods Agreement 80 years ago. BRICS and the Shanghai Cooperation Organization will adopt a gold standard for trade. That's over 50% of global GDP and 64% of the world's population. That's, of course, if all the new members join the BRICS group, we shall see. But I would imagine that we're going to see a pretty aggressive expansion of the BRICS grouping in the not-so-distant future. But it is a big damn deal and has big implications for the future of the U.S. dollar, I think, in particular. Now, Silver Santa here points out a new gold-backed currency would mean the gradual end of fiat money, right? Why would you want to hold U.S. dollars or euros when all they do is get inflated every year, right? And look, it's not to say the gold market's perfect. You know, gold, it's also inflationary. Wait till we start dragging asteroids out of the sky and... Sucking the gold off them too. I'm sure it's going to happen at some point. As soon as somebody can make a penny off of doing that, they're going to do it. And so on and so forth. Plus the, the paper market for gold is pretty crazy. So look, there's a lot of stuff to unpack here. And it's not going to be an easy journey towards this. And it may never even get off the ground, you know. So we'll have to see how it plays out. But, but my guess would be is that the BRICS nations, particularly China, India, uh, maybe Brazil here as well, buying up a lot of gold and uh, Russia have been buying way more gold than they've been letting on and that they've stacked up way more gold than we can possibly imagine. You got to remember that Russia has gigantic gold reserves and they can easily just buy gold straight from their miners domestically and not tell anybody. They can sell gold from their Russian uh, mines to the Chinese and not have to tell anybody. So they might have got a lot more gold stacked up than anybody thinks. Now, America does have, the USA does have the biggest gold supply in the world, reportedly. I say reportedly because would it surprise you if they were lying about that? Would it surprise you if the USA didn't really have all that much gold left? And think about this. Look how much in debt they are. Look how much they spend money on dumb stuff. You think they're going to keep all the gold around? Maybe they do. Maybe they're smart enough to do that and not sell off their giant gold reserves. Maybe they did. Would you be surprised? I wouldn't be surprised. In fact, I almost expect that kind of stuff to happen. Uh, he goes on to say more fiat money would be available in the West, would thus become less valuable as we see, for example, you know, China and countries like this dumping U.S. Treasury bonds, using it to buy up gold, trading essentially the relatively worthless fiat money for real money, which is gold, bring a whole new uh, level of life into the gold market that we haven't seen in a very, very, very long time. All imported assets would get much more expensive, oil, metal, wheat, gas, all the things that the BRICS countries and their new applicants sell. Uh, Russia, for example, is the biggest pro uh, producer and exporter of wheat in the world. I think it's the second or third biggest producer of oil in the world and potentially the first or second biggest exporter of natural gas in the world, along with major other things like oats and so on and so forth, sunflowers and et cetera, et cetera. So like for sunflower oil. So a big deal. And of course, not just Russia. It's not just Russia, right? It's all the BRICS group that are going to be doing this, plus their potential 41 new members, which represent a majority of global GDP and a majority of global population. 
again, it's a very, very big deal. Silver Santa goes on to say our wealth would gradually be transferred from the West to the East. We couldn't simply print our worthless money anymore to obtain real assets in the places. Nobody will want that currency. We'll need to earn the money by producing goods and selling them to the BRICS nations. Our debt-loaded nations would implode. How would we continue to pay for defense, social security, entitlements, etc.? Very, very interesting. He says, this is world war material, believe me. Yeah, and that's the scary part. That's the scary implication of this stuff here is that rarely do we see world orders end peacefully. You know, when the Soviet Union was dismantled and the Cold War ended, that was a such a big event because we didn't kill each other. There was no giant conflict. There was no World War III. The Cold War never became the new super hot war where missiles dropped on everybody. But the question will be, is will there be a giant new war over a potential move by the rest of the world, the BRICS nations, leading the way towards a gold standard? Because it will reveal in so many ways that, again, we have the emperor with no clothes analogy here, that the USA has been wearing no clothes right? They're $32 trillion in debt, actually, probably $33 trillion in debt now because breaking the U.S. government debt has increased by over a trillion dollars since the debt ceiling was lifted last month. That puts them on around $33 trillion, a trillion dollars in a month. Come on, man. Come on. And the only solution to paying off that $33 trillion debt, print more money, more inflation, more debasement of your savings, it's no wonder the rest of the world doesn't want to hold U.S. dollars anymore. And why we've seen in the last six months more stories than we've had in the last 60 years about people moving away from the U.S. dollar towards gold, towards alternatives, and forming new economic unions, right? And look, this is we talk about this because it's a big story. It's very important to understand these things are going on, right? I don't want anyone to suffer anywhere. I don't want people in the United States have a hard time because their you know, asshat politicians have destroyed their currency. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's nothing but pain and suffering for regular people. Well, the people who cause this mess, they don't have to deal with these consequences, right? Their sons don't go off and fight the wars. Nope. That's up to regular people to do. And this right here, I thought was a pretty powerful short video here. Again, from Bitcoin News, it's no longer the first world and the third world, but the ascending world order and the descending world. So on top, we have the G7. And on the bottom, we have just the BRICS group, not without the 41 new members, just the current five members. When we have the 41 new members, it's going to change everything, everything real fast. We see the G7 continuing to fall and the BRICS group continuing to rise, right? Big things are afoot. And by the end of this decade, I think we're going to be living in a very different world. Things could happen that fast, right? So definitely something worth Keeping an eye on if you have, I don't know, if you live in this world, I would say, but certainly if you have any kind of investments in anything or if you have a lot of your wealth sitting, particularly in U.S. dollars, for example, you may want to consider, well, buying some Bitcoin, buying some gold, maybe some other stuff, but certainly worth knowing about the situation at the very least. All right, now let's let's shift gears here a little bit for all of you still hanging out in the live stream. I see you guys there. I see you dropping your thoughts in. So thank you very much for hopping in and engaging and chatting and sharing your thoughts on 
this and all the other stories we've been talking about so far in the stream. But if you do have some questions for me, let me know. I'll spend the next 10 minutes or so trying to answer a few questions for you. So do hop in there. If you have a question you'd like me to answer, more than happy to more than happy to try and answer a few questions for you guys real quick. So let me know if you have some something on your mind that you'd like to discuss and we can open it up here to to me and to the chat and we can all share our opinions on that. So go ahead and drop some questions in if you have some questions here for me. But holy cow, holy cow, what a big day for news, you know, from all the on-chain charts to what's happening in the gold markets and so on and so forth. I mean, holy cow, absolutely big stuff. Okay, so what do we got here? Da, 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 da. What do you think of Harmony One, Lark? I worry about Harmony and many other blockchains like that that never really managed to get a big amount of users drug in, right? Harmony had a moment where we were talking about it for a couple weeks in the last bull run. It could still do something in the future. Not saying it can't, but it's definitely been playing like 10th fiddle if we talk about the blockchain world. So I wish them the best, obviously. I wish your bags the best, but uh, I do not currently own any. And I don't think I'd get any based on the current situation. But I haven't looked into them in any great detail in a while either. So maybe they've done things that uh, would blow my mind away if I would just have a quick look at it. So I'll leave that open to possibility here. Okay, where are we at next? <laughs> here we go. Patika Nebeska. What's your thoughts on the so-called bull run that is brewing? As I shared my thoughts in the stream today, there's definitely a lot of on-chain charts that are showing. We're at the start of this. Um, we have the big macro stories like BlackRock ETF and inflation falling, although we still do have a few interest rate hikes to come, according to the Federal Reserve. It's a lot of big things happening. It's not going to be a straight path, but I do think that we are at that early stage of a potential new bull cycle. How that plays out, how long it takes to get to a new all-time high, I don't know. But my personal opinion would be that the bottom was in a few months ago and that we will see an eventual rise up to new prices. Still, though, personally thinking that we're not going to see any new all-time highs till after Bitcoin having next year. But as always, I reserve the right to be pleasantly surprised if you guys decide to pump the entire market like crazy and do that. So that'd be fine by me, too. All right, let's get on to the next one here. <laughs> Adam171, could we see a faster bull run this time through high uh, up to the all-time high in mid-2024? I mean, it's definitely possible, right? When we talk about market cycles, we no one has any idea what's going to happen. You have to understand this. I don't have any idea what's actually going to happen. Nobody, nobody does. Nobody at all. What we have are educated guesses, speculation, hopes, dreams, fantasies, right? So absolutely possible we could see things move a lot faster than we currently anticipate. And I think the catalyst for such an event would be the approval of a Bitcoin ETF and the approval of actually multiple Bitcoin ETFs. Because as soon as BlackRock gets it, six or seven other firms are going to get it. We'll probably see six or seven other firms that haven't even announced or tried yet also get in on the action. So it'll move fast when it does. But that could be a while. Uh, I think I discussed in a stream last week the potential dates for this. So right now we're looking at the SEC needing to make a final decision. They have a deadline for most of the current Bitcoin ETF applications, which is around mid-March. So beware of the Ides of March, I suppose, right? Holy cow. We'll see how that plays out next year, okay? 
uh dave dwyer asking so gold or bitcoin or both i mean look i can't tell you what to what you should go out and buy but i can tell you what i do right i can tell you what i do i'm personally my number one investment of all the investments i have the biggest thing in my portfolio is bitcoin right bigger than any single stock anything else it's bitcoin i do have gold if we take my entire portfolio ah it's maybe like one percent one and a half percent gold half a percent silver, something like that. Yeah, probably about 2% metals, something like that. So not a huge amount, although I just, I like the feeling of having a few metals sitting around, but I'd prefer things that um, are not metals necessarily. Although, although honestly, as I've been reading all this stuff about the new BRICS currency and stuff, I am kind of thinking like, gosh, oh, maybe get a few more ounces of gold may not be the worst idea in the world, but we shall see. We shall see. Ah, oh, what do we got here? Next up, more money. Price potential for XRP, XLM, 300X, 300X. Why not? I have no idea. I have, 300X seems a bit a bit uh, optimistic here. What is the current um, market cap of XRP? Just to get a, a little, little taste there. So it's a $24 billion market cap. Uh, 10X would be $240 billion. Uh, 100X, I guess, would be $2.4 trillion. So $10 trillion for XRP. Is that right? I'm not, it's just not, not a math doctor here, guys, but uh, that seems like a big number. Seems like a big number. I don't know. You know, I'm not too much into XRP or XLM, to be honest. Um, I wish XRP and XLM bag holders all the best, of course. And of course, I hope the XRP wins their fight that they're having with the SEC right now. I think we should all be rooting for XRP and every crypto company going up against the corrupt U.S. regulators at this time. However, I don't have any good price predictions for you for those particular coins, but I hope it comes true for you, man. I really do. I really do. Uh, what else do we hear? We got Raphael Maluski. Cowabunga, man. Cowabunga. I haven't heard that in a long time. Cowabunga. Oh, man. What was that? Is that the Simpsons? Simpsons in the 90s, man. That's great. I love it. What we got here is interesting. Micah Smith, Lark, what sort of timeline are we looking at for the world's dependence on Taiwan for semiconductor manufacturers? Manufacturing plants have been built all over in anticipation for this. Well, we are definitely seeing it. Look, I'm not an expert by any means. I'm going to throw my hat in the ring anyway, but I'm far from an expert on the uh, global semiconductor situation, right? But I have been reading a little bit about it, and we are seeing an increasing diversity of semiconductor production going into Japan more into mainland China, uh, you know, so we will see, I think, a decrease on reliance for Taiwan over time. So, yeah, yeah, seems pretty silly to have so much reliance on such an important piece of technological hardware sitting right at the center of such a geopolitical hot spot, right? So hopefully they do that. Hopefully they do that. Oh, boy. Okay, here we go. Uh, what's this? Lark, does owning a gold mine stock, is it the same as owning gold? No, no, not by any means. Um, gold mining stocks can, for example, give you a dividend, which is pretty nice. Gold doesn't give you a dividend. Nope. Gold just kind of sits there and you hope the price goes up at a $13 trillion market cap. And the price will go up if BRICS starts using it for settling international trade. It'll definitely go up in that scenario. However, uh, owning gold is very much one thing owning a gold mining stock can actually be a very interesting thing and i own a bunch of uh, mining stocks in my stock portfolio um not specifically gold miners some are gold miners 
but I also own companies that are, you know, mining steel ore and stuff like that. Basically all Australian stocks, by the way. But nice part about owning gold mining stocks is that you can catch the upside of the gold markets, but also get a dividend paid out. And sometimes they're pretty damn good depending on the gold miner. So there you go. Uh, we'll do one or two more questions here and then we'll finish up for the day. Lark, thoughts on holding the BNB coin? Well, you know, the BNB coin is a proxy for Binance, right? Now, the problem with holding the BNB coin right now, I used to have a lot of BNB coin, sold it, made a bunch of money, that was great. But uh, everything that's playing out right now with Binance is definitely making holding the BNB coin, I think, a riskier proposition than it was before. I think the BNB coin has been a very solid coin over time. Um, it's taken off a lot with the rise of the BNB smart chain. Obviously, Binance is the number one exchange in the world, and they still do regular burns of the BNB token. However, if you know things take a bad turn with the enforcement actions that are coming towards Binance right now, then that could cause some big problems for the BNB coin. And of course, saw a big sell-off with the BNB coin around recent allegations being leveled at Binance. So I think it's going to be very responsive to those situations. Okay. Uh, let's do one more. Da, 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 da. I'll do this and then one more. Uh, Lark's avoiding Kadena questions because he's still stacking. Man, I just don't know that much about Kadena. I know we've covered it on the channel before, but I and we've covered it in the newsletter before as well. Um, if you want to read those reports again, go and sign up for the newsletter. Uh, we have all these reports on basic. We, we've probably done, I don't know, over 100 different reports now, maybe even more, probably more, probably more like 130 or something, different reports on altcoins. No BS reviews, right? In the newsletter, we don't do, there's no, no fluff, no BS. Um, Jesse, who reviews the altcoins, he, he doesn't, he holds no punches back. He, he just lets us know how he sees it, which is fantastic for investors because it gives you a good perspective on what to think about, some of the potential downsides to think about as well. But we haven't talked about Kadena in a while. Um, I don't hold it. Um, I, you know, again, wish Kadena all the best by every means of it out there. So I hope that your bags do very, very well in the next bowl. And certainly from when I looked at it, when we covered it in the past, they've got some interesting partnerships, some interesting technology. So they could be well suited for the next bull run to be one of the ones that catch some interest. But I think it hasn't managed to capture the level of interest that we've seen with others, right? I could put my my moonbeam bags in the same sort of level here where that hasn't managed to capture that wide public interest yet compared to something like Arbitrum, compared to something like Solana or even Cardano, right? Which is really starting to take off with their altcoin scene. Avalanche. Avalanche has been doing killer, right? So these ones have really stuck out, whereas Kadena and others, I feel like, are still scrapping around trying to be the next big breakout coin. So I wish them the best. I wish them the best. Okay, last question here, then we're going to finish up for today. Uh, and this is from Luke Todd. Okay, so what percentage of your portfolio is in Bitcoin and Ethereum? Now, if we just talk about Bitcoin and Ethereum and my crypto portfolio, not talking about stocks, not talking about metals, uh, any of that kind of stuff. If we just look at my crypto portfolio, it's about 50% Bitcoin and about 22, 23% Ethereum. So that is a bear market portfolio allocation, right? When the bull market takes off, the numbers, I'm not, I'm not going to be selling the Bitcoin and Ethereum early in the cycle or anything like that. However, 
as we see the cycle take off, we'll see those altcoin valuations absolutely explode. And I imagine by the peak of the next cycle that uh, uh, we're going to see probably that flip around to being like a third of my portfolio. So 75% right now, Bitcoin and Ethereum. And we're probably going to see that drop down to like 33%, simply based on the altcoin valuations exploding. And of course, shout out to Spencer in Buffalo. I see you in there, man. I see you in there. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining the stream today. Really great to have you here. Uh, next stream, if there's something to talk about, of course, it's probably going to be on Wednesday. So I hope to see you back around the same time-ish, approximately. We'll see you then. Thanks for joining and peace out till next time.